This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Back here as we uh, really get into things. And um, Arkansas no longer will be scrimmaging. They actually got just to practice this Saturday. Uh, starting to really prepare for Western Carolina on Wednesday. That's when we'll be focusing in on the opponent. So I guess that means a couple days remaining of what you might want to call preseason camp before you're really planning for somebody that's wearing a different uniform. Uh, I do wonder, though, how many times... Isaiah Satania is going to have an opportunity to do this. The opening kickoff of the game, Satania took it 100 yards, took it for a touchdown on the opening kickoff, and it was a live rep. So I was as happy as I am for the kickoff return team. Kickoff team gave up a 100 and something yard return, but that's a good way to start the scrimmage. Well, I mean, you have what, eight or nine kickoff returns in the entirety of last season? So I'm not, I'm not too sure how many chances Isaiah's going to have to do exactly that, but. If you're able to do it in a scrimmage involving SEC players, uh, you got a real playmaker there on your hands in, in Isaiah Satania. I don't think you return a kickoff in a scrimmage or a game for 100 yards if you don't have some incredible playmaking potential. And it sounds like Isaiah Satania has exactly that. We didn't really get a chance to see it last year, but it's on display in practice, and it was on display this past Saturday. The, the kid has real speed. Um, I, I want to see him play, like you said. I want to see how natural his hands are, Phil. Uh, he, he's going to be really good in that quick passing game it's kind of the extension of the run game you get a you get matched up where you have two blockers on three defenders and you can kind of make somebody miss out in space uh, and then also play action taking the top off the coverage that's uh you know how good are his ball skills and it seems like he's an athlete and he's going to make plays for us and, and I'll, i've always said man if they make plays young they're going to make play, plays when they get older so i'm looking for big things for him this year possible kick returner possible you think uh, that's where i see you might have a chance to do a little bit more of that i know stevens returned punts at times last year but uh there's something about satania giving him some open space if it's there i'd i'd be surprised if he doesn't get a chance to return some punts do, yeah a punt return you want to get a first down you want to try to get 10 yards every time uh like you said the kickoff returns kind of kind of out of the game but if he gets a chance uh it's good to know he has that speed do you think phil that he could be that matt landers guy where landers averaged 20 yards a catch last year he could be the guy that averages 20 yards a catch even 22 23 yards and that he has that big speed that big playability i think so but he not he doesn't quite he doesn't have the height of landers was what six four or something like yeah. that i think satania's sub six foot doesn't mean he can't make plays like Little Santana Moss, maybe. Yeah, you, know? you get Antoine that kind of Randall speed, L. that kind of separation. The height doesn't necessarily come into play if it's if the ball is placed well. You know that. And uh, it sounds like Satania's. You know, I mean, he isn't just a guy that's going to be returning kicks. I think he's going to be a receiver that gets a lot of opportunities with that speed. I, you you got to have speed to win in the SEC. And if he has that much speed, man, try to get him three to five touches a game. You know, try to get give him a chance. As good as KJ is on accuracy on the deep ball. I think you got a lot of uh, I think you got a lot of uh, weapons on the deep ball this year. Just looking at the speed of some of these receivers, and uh, I think Satania can. Man, another thing about Satania too, you hit him quick. You hit him quick. That's, yeah. 
And those little screen plays, bubble plays, tunnel screens underneath. You, you get him the ball in space, and, and he's the type of guy. He's a one-cut guy that if he makes you miss, you're not going to catch him. Somebody that, of course, is returning for Arkansas, but got into, what, three games last year? Ankle injury kind of hindered him. Uh, but sounds like he's going to be a really uh, exciting piece of the team. Also got good news that potential starting left tackle Devin Manuel did return to practice and was able to scrimmage. And Sam Pittman had good things also to say about Andrew Chambly, who continued to get a run with the ones at left tackle. Chambly's earned the right to go out there with the one. Dev hadn't practiced until yesterday. He did get third down with the ones, and he did get uh, six plays the second time we ran out, ones versus two with the ones. Dev's a really good player, but we certainly didn't want to disrespect Andrew for all the great work that he's done, but he did get some ones as well. Pittman also went on to say, Matt, that he feels Chambly has solidified the number two spot at left tackle, which was one of the things that he pointed out to, not as a worry, but that he wanted to see. So what you won't see now, I think, is if Manuel gets hurt, and apparently it was a concussion that kept him out of practice for a little more than a week, but if Manuel were to miss time during the season, you're not going to be moving Brady Latham over to left tackle. So there'd be a little bit more consistency at the other positions on the offensive line because at that point, Chambly probably moves up to start at left tackle if Manuel gets hurt. That might be the best news we heard. Um, outside of also the idea that, yeah, the uh, defensive lineman got after the tackles again this past weekend. Well, you know, it's not a knee injury. It's not a back injury, uh, not an ankle. So, that, yeah, and, and you just got to rest a little bit. The, the thing about these first couple games is the the ones are going to go. The two should get some reps as well. I mean that's that's um, so so your tackle both both tackles will be able to get some some reps. But as long as KJ's out there, you want them going with the ones. Yeah, and you might even want the backup to go one series with the ones. With if you get out there and you can get a lead, which I think we should win these first couple games. I know it's one game at a time, but I don't see any reason we're not winning these first two games by by three touchdowns. You know, the last time Arkansas played in Little Rock, it was against UAPB, and I don't remember what the score at halftime was, but it was something like 30-3, to and you had the clock run for the entire second half, and you had your second and third stringers get in there. Wouldn't be a bad thing if uh, something like that happened again, or something close to it. Again, I I don't know how good or or not good Western Carolina is. Um, I guess I'll try to mirror my prep on Western Carolina when the Razorback team starts to prep for them as well on Wednesday. Um, but uh, I, I just, uh, I, that's, that's part of what we were talking about earlier, like the buildup to the season. The buildup to actually beginning SEC play works well to hopefully if things go the way they could you know if you're able to blow if you're able to take Western Carolina out in the first half and then and then get some of your second and third stringers some run in the second half. Kent State not expecting big things out of the out of the golden flashes. Not at all. If you're able to put them away early and maybe get your second no. string is a little bit more run. No. And then you go in to BYU knowing full well that you got a better football team coming in here, and that's almost that's not an opening day, but maybe that's the game where your starters get most of the run for the entire game instead of just the first half. It's a soft opening, that's for sure. It's soft it's right opening. before before LSU before LSU. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think this year, Phil, I you know, last year we played SMS and that was a, that was a weird game, you know, that we had to come from behind 
kind of late and win. Uh, last year, we got beat by Liberty at home. I don't see that happening these first two games. I, I see us going out there and letting cream rise to the top and playmakers make plays. We, we, we don't have to be anything but halfway vanilla and go out there and have fun, man. If we're, if we're struggling in these first two games, y'all can throw nine wins out the window. It's a good point. Yeah, I mean, you better put those things away as quickly as you can. Also, because it's you know it might be like ninety five degrees out there, because it's probably going to be. If we're just going by what we're seeing these days, eight seven seven three seven seven sixty nine sixty three to get with us on halftime calls and texts on that McClarty Daniel hotline. You can see their entire inventory at McClartyDaniel.com. Looks like the ESPN predictions have come out for the SEC, and once again, they're not thinking very highly of the Razorbacks. I don't know anybody that really is uh, in the national scene, just going by the preseason polls and the uh, the preseason SEC poll. ESP, the writers in the uh, SEC chose Arkansas fifth in the West. ESPN has Arkansas sixth Whoa. in the West. So two only and six. Yeah. ESPN predicting a two and six conference record, six and six overall, Matt. They're not going to be the only ones that are viewing it that way, too. Well, you, you look at last year, and if you're going by that, uh, and, and the thing is, everybody's added depth. Everybody transfer portal. We got starters out there. Um, we, we have talent. You know, I don't think Florida's going to be as good as P. I think Florida's going to be down. Um, Auburn, like you said, I think they probably are a year away. Uh, they probably have some talent, but ha- how much talent do they really have? And Missouri, what, why, what, what's, what's the deal? We, we should get Missouri, Mississippi State, and, and Ole Miss. I mean, there's... We have a chance to win eight. I mean, seven and five, I think, is kind of the, you know, seven and five, eight and four area. What I'm seeing here is that they're probably predicting Arkansas to win just against Missouri and Auburn, and that's it. I mean, the, 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 I, I'm, I'm, I'm picking – this is Schleybaugh that put this, this article out there. I think we got to beat Mississippi State, Auburn, and Missouri. Those are all of our home games in Fayetteville, Phil, with, with all teams that we should be favored. We should be favored. I mean, we know injuries are going to happen. I'm just saying if our team is, is the way our team is right now, we should be favored at home against Mississippi State, Auburn, and, and Missouri. Am I sleeping on Mississippi State at all here? I mean, Mississippi State is returning a lot of players from last year, uh, including, a, including a good quarterback. Uh, who's in, And Will Rogers that is, you know, I'm sure out to, to show that he's not just a, sim, uh, you know, a system quarterback, not just an air raid guy, because they're not running that kind of offense without Mike Leach any longer. Am I sleeping on Mississippi State because they've got a head coach who uh, was thrown into the job at an inopportune time because of Leach's death? Am I sleeping on Mississippi State because I feel like Arkansas might have had a better chance to beat them had they not been completely beaten up on both sides of the ball last year? I just, uh, I don't know. I, have, I, I don't have a lot of trouble falling asleep, Matt. What I have trouble is staying asleep once I get past about the four-hour mark. Am I on the five-hour mark with Mississippi State? Am I missing something here? Because I'm just not very high on the Bulldogs. Although they were all right last year, they were just okay. And I don't really see them being any better than that this year. I see Arkansas making some massive improvements at really important positions, uh, defensive ends. I think they're going to get after Will Rogers when they do play him. Am I sleeping on Mississippi State? Or is everybody else sleeping on Arkansas the way that I'm viewing them? We didn't have our quarterback that game, did we? We got beat 40-17 to last year uh, by Mississippi State. They they beat A&M as they should. Um, And Mississippi State ran 
shit all over the Razorbacks because they just they uh, I don't remember all the players. They kind of out physical us. They're, you they're had a lot of defensive was, players that were hurt. Well, the the thing that I was most intrigued with last year, Phil, was as far as with Mississippi State's team was their defense. Man, they were physical. Their linebacker play was was one of the best I'd seen. I remember that man. They were filling the gaps. They were coming up and hitting you, and we really didn't want any of it. They I thought I thought they out physical us the entire game. Got Greg in Farmington on the McClarty Daniel Hotline, 877-377-6963. If you want to get with us on a call or a text. Greg, good morning. What's going on? Uh, good morning, guys. I, you know, I'm still in shock. Uh, you know, Keith Stokes, great, great man. I don't know any other way to describe him. We had become real good friends over the years. Yeah, we were even talking about me going down visiting the ranks and uh, seeing where they raised tusk and everything and when i got the news saturday it's, uh, it's like a big elephant just came and decided to sit on my chest but it just totally took the wind out of me i mean case is such an in- integrated part of arkansas lore because he raised the hogs from the babies brought them all the way up and we had even talked about how they were getting ready to get started with the next generation. That's tough. Get starting to work towards getting the new babies. Getting and um, I mean, and my thoughts and prayers go out to Julie and the kids. I mean, Arkansas really lost a great ambassador, and uh, so uh, I just wanted to call in and. Uh, put that out there about Keith. I mean, I get choked up just thinking about it because, you know, I remember the great memories. I'd, you know, I'd go down, visit with him, visit Tusk. He'd throw me a bag of grapes and say, here, feed this boy. And and I'm five and six. And so uh, that's all I wanted to say today was just uh, passing on some good memory about Keith. And uh, once again, thoughts and prayers going out to the family. So I'm going to get out, get out of here, and let you guys do what you do. Okay, Greg, I, I appreciate that. I know it's not easy to, you know, deliver remarks over <laughs> over a four station network about somebody that you obviously had such positive feelings for on a personal level. So if anybody else wants to do the same, we're open for you. Eight seven seven three seven seven sixty nine sixty three. Well, you can imagine what that must have been. I can't even imagine what it's like to raise hogs in a familiar sense. You know, I mean, it's just... I heard Chuck refer to it as a labor of love this morning, and it had to be a, a labor of love. I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, aside from, you know, maybe you make a little money through that. I don't know. But even if you do, the amount of effort that goes into that and to be traveling up for all the games, you'd see him at baseball games, you'd see him at football games, you'd see him at other events. And if we all take pride in the idea that there's one Razorback in all of college sports, and that's the mascot that you associated with, the live mascot. That stands out. For, for, for the people around the country that aren't never come to Arkansas, they see something like that, they'll remember that the rest of their lives. 
Buffalo Wild Wings just dropped two new sauces for a limited time to try in your traditional or boneless wings. Come into any participating Buffalo Wild Wings and try our new Buffalo Ranch or Honey Garlic Sauce. Visit your Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Fort Smith, and Jonesboro to try the new Buffalo Ranch or Honey Garlic Sauce. While supplies last, get yours today. Buffalo Wild Wings. They have everything you need this summer at Eastside Liquor, such as Evan Williams flavored whiskey, soda jerk root beer or orange cream shots, Appalachian sipping cream liqueur, and more. A new law in Arkansas now allows the sale of single 50 milliliter bottles as well. Eastside Liquor, located at 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Stop in or swing by the drive-thru and see Dave and his team today. Are you feeling the heat this summer with soaring electric bills? Upgrade your AC system with Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric this August and experience the ultimate comfort in your home. This month, receive up to $500 off on attic insulation when you upgrade your AC. That's right, proper attic insulation can significantly reduce your energy bills, keeping your home cooler and more efficient. Worried about the cost? We've got you covered. With approved credit, enjoy payments as low as $99 a month. Picture this. Lower energy bills can help you cover the cost of your new system. Now that's a win-win situation. So don't wait. Call Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric now and save with a new AC system and insulation this August. Say goodbye to high electric bills and hello to ultimate comfort. Visit GoPascal.com now and schedule your free estimate. With approved credit, exclusions apply. See dealer for details. Professional people, professional service. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Great to be back with you here. Phil Elson, Matt Jones, Christian Johnston producing. Our calls and texts come in on the McClarty Daniel hotline at 877-377-6963. Arkansas scheduled for a 4.30 in the afternoon practice. Uh, don't have any coaches speaking. In fact, it seems like you've heard from all the coaches now. You're done hearing from coaches. Only Sam Pittman speaks for the remainder of the season. Uh, you heard from um, the coordinators last Thursday and Friday. Coach Pittman spoke on Saturday, and he is the only voice we will hear uh, outside of players <coughs> for the remainder of the season. So uh, switching from morning to afternoon practices, although it sounded like from what Sam said Saturday, next year um, they're going to be moving uh, the first two weeks, well, two and a half weeks of camp back into the mornings, which was not the original plan this year. Uh, but Coach said that the guys uh, liked it. They liked having the rest of the day to do whatever it is they needed to do. And, and now you switch to the afternoon because now you got to get them ready for the heat. That's another aspect of this. Like You have a kickoff <clears throat> at 3 o'clock in the afternoon in two Saturdays in Little Rock. So I can be over here complaining about this and that with the heat. Fact of the matter is, they're going to be playing in an next Saturday, so now it's time to start getting somewhat acclimated to it, and that's also what uh, what these next two weeks are like. And that's kind of the idea with practice, uh, whether it be football practice or basketball practice, is you make it tough where the game's, the game's easier. You, you can't be getting tired. That was one of the things I loved about Nolan Richardson practice. Man, they were tough. He was going to get after you. You were scrimmaging, and it was go, go, go. You know, they do their fastball period. Dan Enos has them doing that. It's like go. So you got to do that where you're getting winded. You're, it's, it's, it's hard work. It's effort. If it was easy, we'd all be doing it. But that practice is hard, man. And so then you get to the game, you're able to take it over there and uh you're in shape 
some notes uh, involving other college football teams. You know that you can actually transfer. If you're a graduate, tran- you're, and you can transfer whenever you want, all the idea of the, the, the transfer windows and all of that, that's only for non-graduates. South Carolina has actually added a defensive end yesterday from the portal. Uh, Drew Tuazama, who is a grad transfer from Alabama, Birmingham, led the Blazers with five sacks last year in 13 games. And that's, uh, that's some NFL stuff right there, Matt. I mean, who was it, the quarterback? Yeah, Auburn is starting a quarterback that joined them from Michigan State, Peyton Thorne, after spring ball. It would seem to me like that's, hey, you throw the playbook at him, say, do what you can with this in three months. Defensive end is a little bit different, quite a bit different. It says, go, see that guy right there with the football? Go tackle him. We'll, we'll, we'll take care of the, the, the other 10 of us can take care of the rest. But that's some NFL stuff right there. Like, I resist a lot of the comparisons that some of the coaches throw out about college football being a pro model and NFL this and NFL that. And there's a million different ways where these two things are nowhere similar to each other. Adding a player in August, well, that's, that's got a similarity to the NFL. A little bit different, though. Um, I think we're I think we're all kind of position specifically. Yeah, and I think we're all kind of getting used to this transfer portal. But if yeah, if you're on the defensive, like if you're a D end, it's kind of you know rush the quarterback. Uh, a quarterback is a little different because you gotta you gotta understand you gotta have a basic understanding of the, the entire playbook. Oh, we got a couple of callers on hold. 877-377-6963 is our McClarty Daniel hotline. And we were uh, we had a texter just a moment ago say that uh, nine and three is the floor for Arkansas. I don't see that as the floor. I see that as uh, not a, a a best case scenario, but but pretty close. That to means it. we're going two and two in that four game stretch, Phil. If if, if if this team's gonna have any chance to go nine and three, you got to find a way. LSU, A and M, Ole Miss, Alabama, you got to find a way to win two of those. If I'm looking at nine wins, Western Carolina, Kentucky. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Florida, Auburn, FIU, and Mizzou. That would be nine wins. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna end the season on a five-game winning streak. That's to get to that nine wins. That's a tough thing to pull that's, off. That's what I mean. That's that's gonna be tough. Now, now you are getting four of those games at home, and you're gonna go to the swamp. And Florida will know their season. They will have decided their fate by that game. So you might not get a full. You, you don't know how that game's gonna end up. Kind of like when we got Ole Miss up here last year. Ole Miss was they they wanted they were ready to get back on the plane. It's a thing. It's like the difficulty of the schedule this year is really kind of packed into uh, that four-week stretch of just being on the road for a month. Um, outside of that, no, it's not that November is easy. It's just not as tough. Florida, Auburn, Florida International, Mizzou, with Florida being the only road game. I, I think you can. I think you can point to a possible five-game winning streak to end the season. Of course, so much depends on injuries and health and guys stepping into places that they haven't quite been yet. But I see the, the case there. If you find a way to win two of those four games, LSU, A&M, Ole Miss, Alabama, you win two of those games, That's now yeah. you're potentially looking at a 10-win season. And so yeah. one in three in that four-game stretch if you want to finish. Yeah, I got you. You know there isn't a single media member across the nation that covers football nationally that is picking Arkansas for 10 wins. Nobody, uh, nobody has Arkansas winning their last five games. And, and we'll be favored. I mean, we should be favored 
at home against Mississippi State. Now, I'm telling you, if Mississippi State's defense is if they're like they were last year, that defense is a real defense. They'll go out there and hit you. And you got the veteran quarterback, but I just have to see they they take a step back. In my opinion, without Mike Leach there, they're just going to take a, a little bit of a step back. Go to the McClarty Daniel hotline. Alert, alert, alert. Now is the Texas Longhorns portion of the show. Good afternoon, Brian Ozark. You have the floor. <laughs> That's pretty funny right there, I got to admit. <laughs> so, I just want to respond to what you just said, and I'm glad you did say that. You're absolutely right. There's not a national sportscaster probably in the world that's going to pick Arkansas to do much. <laughs> You know, and I don't, I, I mean, I get where y'all come from. This is an Arkansas radio station. You have hope, and that's what you guys really hope that Arkansas has a good season this year. Anybody that picks Arkansas to go 10-2 and two is out of their mind, you know. I think, I would love to see Arkansas go at least 7-5, and five, although I don't believe they will. I mean, that, that brutal stretch that y'all are hoping for in a split, Two and two, man. They'll be lucky to go one and three. I I wish that they would go more than that, but I'm looking at one and three in that stretch, Brian. Then you're looking at potentially nine wins. They go one and three in that stretch. They could very well have a a a successful season. You're definitely going to a bowl game. Well, yeah, and I do believe Arkansas will go to a bowl game. But you know, when you look at Hugh Freeze, Hugh Freeze beat. Nick Saban twice at Ole Miss. He's a much better coach than Sam Pittman. He is starting a quarterback that joined his team in May. Hugh Freeze, it, I mean, Hugh Freeze has a team that has stunk the last couple of years. He's not going okay, to rebuild them brought, into some great team this year. I think they're recruiting to the point where he's going to get Auburn going right. next year. It ain't happening this year, Brian. Hugh Freeze brought a bunch of two-stars to Fayetteville and beat Arkansas last year. That's the kind of coach Hugh Freeze is. With a quarterback who was not at 100% in that game at all. Okay, but he still had a bunch of two-stars. A bunch of walk-ons that beat Arkansas. And what did they do for so the that, remainder of the season after that? Who did they lose to after that game? But it that was their Super Bowl, Ryan. Arkansas. Yeah, it was a bad loss for Arkansas, there's no doubt. But Guess what? It's not the same team that he has right now, Ryan. He's doing the free agent thing. That's the thing about football right now and college football these days. We're going by what we see in the transfer portal, and I'm guilty of this too. I'm guilty of this too because they brought in starters from other places where they had some success. It does not lead to automatic success here. And what Hugh Freeze did at Liberty is what Hugh Freeze did at Liberty. What Hugh Freeze did at Ole Miss is what he did at Ole Miss. At Auburn, I think he's going to be successful. This is not the year that's going to happen. He's not going to sprinkle magic pixie dust on a program that was literally burnt to the ground and all of a sudden get them to seven or eight wins. This is, this is not the year that that happens. We can talk eight or nine wins next year for Auburn, Brian, but I don't, I don't see that happening this year, and they're not going to win in Fayetteville this year either. <laughs> All righty, then. You've got a cute laugh, Brian. Anybody ever tell you that? I do. you got an adorable laugh. laugh. Because, you know, I hope you're laughing y'all all season about, long. I will be. When y'all are in the toilet bowl and Texas is in the college playoff. Brian, what do you do with the rest of your day? Do you call other radio programs across the country? I do. do. You call, do you call into Texas? Yeah. Do you call into Austin radio shows for a love fest about the Longhorns and giggle to them when with a the cute little there. laugh? 
Sure. That life, I mean, according to radio stations in Austin, they've never considered Texas and Arkansas a rivalry. They just look at it as another game. I'm sure they do. They've got rivals all over the place. All right, Brian, we've had our awkward silence there for a moment. I know we'll hear another time. Let's go to Charlie next. Hey, Charlie, I know you hate following uh, Eddie. Now you get to follow Laffy the Clown. Go for it. I actually enjoy and love following Eddie. I mean, that's all sarcasm coming from me, Phil. I could tell you were working a few sarcastic jokes in there uh, with uh, Brian telling him how cute his laugh was. I I know that was a no, it was not. <laughs> was it's just, just the normal smugness. Really, Charlie, what that is is that's a guy from Arkansas who, acts, like, who acts smug like every Longhorn fan likes to. He's just uh, mirroring their attitude, and he's doing a pretty good job of it. Yeah, and I actually got a buddy of mine who's a Texas fan, but he don't like that, darn it. He ain't like that. I mean, you know, if I were to just one day decide to, you know what, I'm going to call into Alabama or Texas and, and do like him, I should get laughed off of the show. Really? I mean, I, seriously, I, I don't understand his what he does with, hey, with he, his he, deal. Is. He keeps doing it too. I mean, it, there, there's a funny aspect to it until until the cute little laugh comes out. Then it's like you know you're getting <laughs> patted on the head by somebody who you know is probably shorter than you are when it comes down to it. Probably. I, I'm only six foot, but I feel like when I when I'm hearing it, I, he almost put me to sleep. I was. I was trying, but then you woke me up with how you responded to him. So I'm back here now. You know, I, I wasn't just want your calls to have a point. That's all. You know, we we get to the Absolutely. we get to the deal with this radio show, where I want each segment to have a point. That's that's kind of what that's that's sort of the skeleton the show's built around. Um, yes, and sir. And phone calls too should have a point instead of just. You know, pounding your chest about the Longhorns and trying to make it seem like you're the, you know, the the uncle at the end of the table on Thanksgiving that nobody wants to talk to. So you stand up and throw turkey all over the place. I just would rather the calls have a point. Just get drunk, uncle, and get out. Go to the other room. (laughs) All right. Anyway, uh, you know, I wasn't going to bring X's and O's to the table today. I'm going to, I was thinking about something just kind of. Here's my point for the call today. I, I really think I'm going to totally disagree with Brian, obviously. This is going to be a special season. I don't know what it is that's, you know, there's just been a lot of things that's happened to this this program, and maybe that's part of it too, but just for some odd reason, and I'm not saying this team is going to go 12-0, but guys, 9-3, and and then and then finding a way to win that bowl game, that's a great year for us. So. I don't care what anybody says. That's an amazing year. When you look at that stretch that we got to play, I mean, I don't care who you are, Georgia, Alabama, whoever. Let's be real. Georgia's great. I understand that. But if they played a stretch like that, I don't know if they would go 4-0 either. I mean, they might go 3-1 and or have a better chance to go 4-0. They're, they're, they're talented like that. But I'm just saying, you know, if this team goes 9-3 and and gets to 10 – Man, we're talking about a special year, and I I just feel it. And, and, you know, when you hear Pittman talk, and then him, you know, addressing his players during his post-interview of the scrimmage yesterday and bringing uh, Jeff Code on there towards the end, everything about this, it's just something about it, Phil. I don't know what it is. That's my point today. I I think it's going to be a special year. We'll see. Y'all have a good one. 
Well, I think it can be a really good year for Arkansas football. What What is special? Special is 10 wins. Special is getting to another New Year's Day Bowl. <clears throat> I'm not ready to go there yet, but I think there's the possibility for it. I'm not predicting Arkansas to go 2-2 two and two in that four-game stretch. Not yet. But I think there's a possibility it happens. And I also think there's a possibility Texas wins the Big 12 and goes undefeated through that league. But I also think there's a chance that they could get their heads handed to them by Alabama and have another disappointing year, as they've had for 13 straight seasons or something like that. Is that uh, that game September 9th? I'm 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 kind of I'm kind of looking forward to watching that game. I can't wait. Whether whether they win or lose, I think it's going to be a yeah. It should be a fun game. Yeah. yeah. I just want to watch good football now. That's all. And have conversations without pounding your chest about a team that 99% of people in the state literally hate. Fall season is just around the corner, and I know all of us are looking for that wholesome, convenient meal. We'll look no further than Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. They can help you with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered right to your door. And right now, use the code HTL50. Head to factormeals.com slash HTL50 and get 50% off. That's code HTL50 at factormeals.com to get 50% off thanks to hit that line. The great thing about Factor, over 34 weekly prepared meals that you can choose from. Plus, you don't have to run around to worry about where you're getting lunch. Let Factor take care of it for you. Let me tell you the code one more time to help you get 50% off. Factormeals.com slash HTL50. Factormeals.com slash HTL50. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. The Year of the Sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings Sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Are you in need of an attorney? Hickey and Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey and Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey and Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit. Ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results. Every case is important. Hickey and Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey and Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast. Time to talk with Pig Trail Nation's Mike Irwin, and we always appreciate Mike's time on a Monday afternoon. Mike, how you doing today? 
Uh, really good. Camp is over, right? Back to a normal schedule. So, right. good mood. That's what Sam Pittman said. He, the, the way he described it on Saturday, it was like camp ended, and now it's practice. Because you're going from morning practices to the afternoon, and you don't have any more scrimmages, and you start planning for the opponent on Wednesday. So, yeah, no more preseason camp, right? Yeah, it's great. Um, had their second scrimmage on Saturday. Once again, he started off by saying that overall the defense won the scrimmage. And again, that gives you a little bit of a false picture, I think, because people start to freak out over that. I went back and looked at the stats they gave us. Twelve different players caught 360 yards worth of passes in that scrimmage. Now, they didn't run hardly at all. And that tells me they continue to try to emphasize the passing game in this preseason camp period because that's what they want to work on. That's the big change. And a lot of that is still, as I explained last week, part of the running game because you're throwing to running backs and even slot receivers behind the line of scrimmage and then what they end up with is yards after the catch. So in effect, it's like that old Texas Tech running game. And they've had really good success doing that. One of those 45-yard catches, you know, was by Dominion. So I'm sure Dominion didn't just take off down the field you know, in a fly pattern. He's catching. We didn't see it, but I'm fairly certain he caught the ball in the backfield and went 45 yards. So, you know, there was offense there. There were only a couple of turnovers and no injuries. I think that's always huge. When you can go through a scrimmage and nobody really gets hurt, that's a big deal. Well, how, how is it though to get uh, that left tackle back, Manuel? That uh, that that has to be a good sign. And it, it wasn't an injury that was. In, in, and I know we get on the concussions, uh, but it wasn't a knee injury. It wasn't a back injury, so he should be fine. Yeah, and, and, and they've got depth there now because you know you had they didn't fall apart just because he wasn't there. In fact, he's not just immediately going to get there. He didn't start in this scrimmage. Because they felt like, hey, you got to work your way back in. You missed, you know, you missed the first one. Now we're going to let you work your way in in the second one. But right now, injury-wise, they're in good shape. Somebody texted me and was all upset about Mbake being or Mbake being hurt and saying they don't have as much depth at wide receiver as we are, as we're all saying. And I'm like, are you crazy? I mean, just the numbers I just gave you now, some of those are running backs. Twelve different guys caught passes. They're not hurting for receivers on this team. It's it's a matter of, well, what have you seen? And there's there's not any depth of receivers who've done anything with this team yet. But that doesn't mean that right. it's not a position of depth. I mean, Sam's talking about... A six-receiver rotation, and that tells me three of them that had huge numbers, or, or in Broden's case, good numbers, at lower levels of college football, and then the other three, and I'm thinking it's Stevens, Wilson, and Satania, and they're all really, really talented. I mean, I think it looks to me like a position of depth. We just haven't seen it play out on the field yet. Exactly. Named off his three likely starters, which you already mentioned. Uh, that what that tells me is you still got Satunia and you got Bryce Stevens and Broden back behind them. That's six guys, and there's a couple of freshmen that are really good receivers. So so they're all right at wide receiver. You know, uh, you always have to qualify that by saying you know if you got three or four injuries, all of a sudden maybe you have some issues. But right now it looks good. 
Mike, we, we know you have to have speed to win in the SEC, but but last year there was a couple games, and, and, and I talk about the Mississippi State game, I talk about the Liberty game, where we got out physical. How's your sense of camp this year? Were, were we more physical this, this year in camp? Uh, just looking at these guys, this I, I've never seen a transformation like like I saw with this new strength and conditioning coach. I mean, you can see it all across the field. I mean, you see these D linemen that look like they they're different people. You know, you got defensive backs that you look at them and you go, "What happened to him?" I mean, they, they've all blown up, and the physicality. Again, one of the things that I've noticed is we've even though it's a lot of this is supposedly not tackling to the ground i've seen i've seen guys coming out of the backfield with a pass just getting leveled by a cornerback a linebacker coming over but then they'll always stop and help them up now Pittman had made a, a big deal out of that these guys were all on the same page they like each other and then he had to admit in the scrimmage they had some they had some scuffling going on but the, he passed it off as it was the heat and the humidity which gets to people sometimes. He said it's not, not something that I think is a problem. But it was, I mean, I didn't get anywhere near that field, but I was outside on the way over there. And, of course, once you get inside that stadium, there's no air there. There's no wind or breeze. And it wasn't just that it was hot. It was humid. And I'm sitting there inside that air-conditioned media room while they're still out there. We can hear whistles going on out there, and I'm thinking, man, I'm glad I'm not out there. Yeah, just keep us in here. Yeah, day 12. If you're at day 12 and you had not having any scuffles, and, and it sounds like they're, they're doing it the right way, and like what you said, uh, that Coach Pittman said, they are on each other's side. And a good coach, whenever you have a scuffle in camp, man, you, 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 you get to the bottom of it real quick, and then you, you, you slap each other on the butt, and you, and you move on. Yeah, the main thing you don't want is some sort of division on the team. I, uh, you know, they're just – as long as I've been watching the, the the Razorbacks, there have been guys, especially in the spring and in preseason, you'll see guys out there wrestling around. Coaches will let them bang around on each other for about 15 seconds, and then you pull them up and break, break them apart. They're not going to hurt each other because you got helmets and pads and stuff on. So that kind of stuff is, is not a big deal. The, the stuff I would worry about is I think there was some division last year mm-hmm. behind the scenes, not so much on the practice field, not so much that we saw in a game, but you just started hearing reports of certain guys not buying in, certain guys mad at them because they're not buying in, and a little bit, you know, just you guys know players, they're not robots. They have lives away from the, away from the practice field, away from the playing field. And when you get divisions there, when you get guys maybe at odds like that, that's when you've got some serious problems. Do, do you think, Mike, any of this NIL has anything to do with it if they're looking across from, from each other and saying, well, why is this guy making much more? I mean, they are 19-year-old kids. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's something that, that I've said all along has a huge potential to be a problem. You know, we had this thing where Yurichek got into it with Jay Billis over the over the internet about this, and, and I think what Yurichek is basically saying is we're not trying to eliminate NILs. We just want some controls. And Billis is out there wanting to turn college football into pro football. There's got to be some in between there, you know, where people are allowed to do what they. And you guys know how I feel about it. I think they ought to make them part-time employees of the school, and everybody gets the same amount. You go talk to guys. 
Mike, I'm convinced Billis didn't read that that editorial at all. He just he just saw an administrator that put out an editorial. He assumed that it was right. going to be about. He assumed, based on the on the headline, you know, that this is an athletics director that's just trying to cap earnings and all of that. I just when I when I when I read his tweet, I'm like, this guy didn't read the editorial, and I would expect better from <laughs> I would expect better from Jay Billis, but maybe I shouldn't, you know. And 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 to pile on with Matt's question here about about. It's not about NIL necessarily. It's about um, what you're talking about with like some of the things that you heard were going on behind the scenes last year. There is more of that now in college football than ever before just because of the amount of roster turnover. And that's like the great unknown. I mean, we've seen examples for the last 30 years since free agency really took hold in the NFL that the team that wins the offseason very rarely has a great regular season and doesn't win the Super Bowl too often. It happens in baseball all the time. I think we could very well be learning that about college football in some aspects now because you just have rosters that are totally remade. And that's why I'm like looking at, all right, so Hugh Freeze did this and that at Ole Miss and this and that at Liberty. It's not going to just change automatically because he brought in X amount of transfers into Auburn. You know, it, it, exactly. I, don't think, I don't think football works that way. Well, and you're looking at guys that transfer in, and then all of a sudden they transfer out about as fast as they transferred in because they're trying to find something, a better situation for themselves instead of making a better situation where they are. It's a cop-out in a lot of cases. There are people trying to fundamentally change this game, and what I say to them is, okay, what do you want to do? You want to turn college football into a a version of, of, of minor league baseball? split off from the schools and play all these games and you don't have to go to class and we just pay you money? Ask anybody if they want to do that. Ask them if they want to watch that. Of course they don't. And again, I'm not saying don't make changes, that every change is bad. But go talk to some of these guys that played in the 70s and the 80s when scholarships weren't even close to what they are now. These cost of attendance scholarships are much more fair to the athletes than they used to be. And yet I talk to old-timers that played here in the 70s, and they're saying, man, I love my time here. So what? So I didn't have meal money on Sunday. I I, I just went out and some, uh, some fans would feed us. You know, there were players that had boosters or fans that were friendly they'd go over to their house and have a good meal on Sunday. So you always figured out a way to make it work and you took your whatever laundry money you had and maybe you went to the movies two or three times a month. Well now you got with a cost of attendance scholarship you got $800, $900 a month just to spending money. And if they would charter or channel NIL into a, a monthly payment like that, maybe you could give them another couple of thousand, each couple of thousand a month. What would be terrible about that? Mm-hmm. And, of course, Billis is going to say that if a coach is making $6 million, a player ought to be able to make $2 million because he's got a, an NFL mentality about this when we're not talking about the NFL. No, that's right. Uh, Mike Irwin with us for just another minute or so. Mike, um, yeah, thoughts on uh, on the passing of Keith Stokes? It's unfortunate that man. We're just uh, we're talking memories of people who were who were too young, uh, way too often these days. And, and and Keith is the latest. Yeah, what what he succeeded in doing was kind of turning tusk into a fan draw. In other words, when you went to games, now everybody's going up there and, 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 and getting to meet tusk. And, and people like that. They love it, you know? I mean, for so many years, I knew, okay, I got a mascot. Who's the mascot? I didn't know. 
there was Ragnar one time that busted out and killed some rattlesnakes or something, and you'd get a story on it. But it wasn't anything where it was people were just talking about the mascot. And that's what he did. He, he just, everywhere he went, he was a nice guy. He encouraged people to come eat. And sometimes you take, I've always been told you can't take those, you know, those uh, animals out of the, the, the pigs out of the, you can't lead them around like dogs with a leash and go after you. Well, I don't know. He, there were some shots of him taking them into, into office buildings and things, and there didn't seem to be a problem. So I don't know. It, it was just, he really turned that thing around in terms of letting, it, it was an attraction. You know, uh, Tusk became a star of the show, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. And and he was sort of, to some people, like the, the unnamed co-star, who ended up doing all the work when it came right to it. Mike, appreciate your time, man. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks, Mike. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.